I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what is up? Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Bright bright and early out there in Portland today. It is 6.30. Beautiful out here. <laughs> What's the, what, what is the weather like there? Because it's just scorching. Uh, we have had one of the most mild summers I've had since I've been here. Wow, um, it's been pretty nice. I like last summer we were hitting ninety pretty consistently, and now I mean, like yesterday it rained. It was probably like seventy, maybe. Uh, sounds nice. Good, nice. Good, good for the garden, man. Oh, great for the garden! <laughs> great for the garden. We're getting a big harvest already. A lot of <laughs> lot of radishes. I wish I hadn't planted so many radishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so we found out this morning that Shea Gildas Alexander has a shoe deal with Converse. So Converse yes. released a video of Shea talking about how his game is different. He's different on and off the court. He wants to stand out, and he now has a shoe deal with Converse. And uh, off the top of your head, because I know you're a big sneaker head, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> always getting the latest pair on the sneakers app. Uh, can you tell me who the other NBA players who have signed with Converse are? Man, I, I am so far out of the shoe game, I couldn't tell you. Well, I will tell you. It is Kelly Oubre Jr. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, And Draymond Green. <laughs> what a weird trio of players. End of list. <laughs> Now, SGA fits in with Kelly Oubre Jr. because they're both guys who are kind of known for their fashion sense. And I think it's great for him because where else, like right now, if you go to Converse.com, Kelly Oubre has like his own line that is just focused on his love for psychedelic rock. (laughs) No way. He has like... Yes, he has he has a few colorways that are based on his love of psych- psychedelic rock, and like where else would Kelly Oubre be able to do that? So I think if if he's getting that, then Shea's going to get like whatever he wants. Yeah, I mean Shea is he's a different level. <laughs> what, do, what do Draymond Green's shoes look like? Are they on here? I don't I don't think he has signature. Sh- yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. There's also they also signed a guy who plays in the Chinese basketball league. Oh. Says his off court style is swaggy. His on court style is swagger. So he seems pretty cool. His nickname is Slam. They're all about swag because in their in their tweet they said you can't spell swag without SGA. It does seem to be what they're building it around. The Draymond <laughs> one is weird though. I mean, he looks like a guy who would wear, like, the old school chucks. Yeah, he does. Is that just because he's old? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they need to get more young guys in here. Yeah. They've got some cool shoes. I'm interested to see what they'll be able to do, because I'm sure they're going to be able to be very, very creative when it comes to the kind of shoes he wears. Similar to Bay's. I mean, Bay's his deal with New Balance. I mean, he's always 
getting all kinds of different shoes. And that's, and that's maybe the benefit. Cause I mean, if you're not Zion or if you're not these guys, your shoe deal is not going to be massive. So you might as well just get whatever you want. And that's what these yeah. guys are getting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I saw a thing that uh Bayes is going to be like debuting a new, new balance shoe in Orlando. He's all, I mean, he, he had his own Phineas and Ferb new balance shoe. So he just really honestly gets whatever he wants from new balance. And I'm sure we'll see similar stuff from Shay with a uh, converse. So congrats to Shay. That's pretty cool. You know, I was, I was doing some research cause I was trying to figure out who the other players were that converse has signed. And I found out that, so Nike bought converse in 2003. Okay. And as part of that, Converse had like their first class of guys to sign and it just happened to coincide with the 2003 draft and the names that they got. So they got five guys to sign up uh-huh. and it was uh, Kirk Heinrich. Okay. Uh, Michael, Mike Sweetney. Remember him? <laughs> yeah. Troy Bell. But then they got Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade, which yeah, I, I have no say, recollection. I remember Dwayne being a part of Converse initially. I don't remember Chris Bosch, but I mean that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Lost him pretty quick, but at least you had him sometime. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing with Shea is you know after this deal is over, if he's blown up into a a superstar, he can go get a huge deal with Nike or with Jordan or somebody. So uh, Lou Dort talked to the media on Monday, which was pretty cool. Took him a long time to figure out how to figure out if he could hear us. And it was a lot of, can you hear me? I can't hear you for a solid like two minutes, which was really fun um, via Microsoft Teams. Uh, but he said a few interesting things. He said that he's been working, what he's been working on is hitting open shots and floor spacing. Uh, do you, do you buy that? Do you think he'll, do you buy that? Do you think he'll be better when he gets back? I mean, I, I, I like that he's saying the things that we would want him to be working on. <laughs> I know. I know. Usually those guys don't, don't particularly, they usually say, this is the thunder thing that they say when you ask, what did you work on in the off season? I worked on everything is what they say. Right. Or, or like DeMar DeRozan, he would always famously say like, you know, people would ask him like, when are you going to have a three pointer? <laughs> are you working on your threes? And he would just be like, hey, I don't really think I need it. Yeah. It's not really a focus of my game. Yeah. It's like, all right, but please, (laughs) but but you should, it was, it was, it was good to hear him say that. And I don't know if he has it in him to be a 35% three point shooter, but if he does, I mean, obviously this contract that he just signed becomes crazy valuable. Oh Uh, yeah. But that would be nuts. Even if not. You know, it's just a minimum deal. And it was nice to hear that he's been working out with uh, Robertson. Yep. He said, and I quote, he's ready. He looks good. I mean, what more do you need to hear? I mean. Might as well slot him in for 30 minutes. (laughs) We did. We did hear Robertson say that he was a full go. Back in September. True. So, or I guess it was October. So there's that. I don't know. I mean, I'm just at the point where I just need to see him wearing a Thunder jersey again and running around with, with the boys. 
Uh, I think you need to see him on a Microsoft Teams call. <laughs> we we do need to get him on? on a Teams call. Oh, man. Am I giving Microsoft Teams too hard of a time? I don't know. I mean, how was your connection? How was your experience? Uh, it was it was fine. I mean, there you fine. go. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I'm. It, he Dort kind of uh, gave everybody some optimism for Andre, and you know, I we just I've discussed it many times, but I think if you're matched up with a team like the Rockets, obviously that's a huge advantage to have another guy that can guard in addition to Dort and Ferguson and really a guy that the guy that's been teaching them. And if he can play at any level, that will be very, very helpful uh, to the thunder. So, and, and if maybe, I mean, I think that they really should just be playing Baisley and just giving him experience at this level. Cause if you're going to be invested in him moving forward, you should just play him. I don't know how invested the thunder are going to be in Andre Robertson after this Orlando bubble experiment. I don't know if they're going to let him come back as kind of a player coach where they sign him to a minimum deal and he gets to stay on and he gets to help these young guys. Or if he moves on to another team or if he can't play anymore and he just is, has to retire. I mean, to me, there's just so many questions where I'm just like, I would rather play Baisley, who's on a rookie scale deal, who was a first-round pick, who has a ton of potential, and could probably guard guys at the four and on the perimeter. So I I would personally just rather see that, even if it's not as good, I would just rather see Baisley get a shot uh, at at least through the eight games and then maybe through a few games in the first round. And then if you have to throw Andre in there, you can. If you feel like you've got a chance to win the series, throw him in there. But I, I don't want it to cut Baisley out of the rotation entirely. No, but, you know, as a Thunder fan who has been tracking the saga of Robertson for over two years now, it would be nice just to see him back out on a basketball court. Sure. Just to see it with my own eyes. I know. See him play a basketball game again. I know. I mean, honestly, if he took Ferg's minutes, that's fine. Uh, But I just feel like he's going to come back as more of a big, just in the way that the league has evolved, not only if he has slowed down, which I expect he has, but if the the league has just changed so much to where Andre back in the day when he was fully healthy, could have probably played back up five in spots. Yeah. Just because of the way that he plays the game. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see because I think he, he could be a, a help to this team, but I don't want it to be at the detriment of Darius Baisley. Alex, teams are arriving in Orlando. The Thunder are set to arrive in Orlando today. And so I expect us to see some news on that at least sometime today. How are you feeling about this, this bubble experiment as of today? Uh, I mean, you know, the goal is that you can just get everyone there and there's not an an immediate breakout like there was with uh, FC Dallas yeah. when they went to the MLS tournament. Yeah. Um, I mean, if there was a team that was a candidate to have something like that happen, it would obviously be the Brooklyn Nets at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, Torian Prince is the latest one that uh, is positive with COVID and he said he's going to stay out. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I just... 
it's, players are starting to get there. We're, we're going to know a ton like in a week's time. Because um, if they can just get the bubble established, I'm less worried about like Disney workers coming in and out um, because I don't think they're going to have a ton of interaction with the athletes. Yeah, they should have very little, if none at all, interaction with the players. So, I, uh, you know, I get I get the concern generally that this isn't truly a bubble. They're not shutting everything down completely. But I think they're going to do everything they can to minimize those type of contacts. So if they can get there, test everyone, we're all good, I'm going to feel a lot better. And it feels like we're just a few days away from knowing that information. Yeah. I think we should know, I mean, really by the weekend, Monday at the latest, know that everybody's there and tested negative. I mean, the minute you hear that news, then I feel like everybody can at least take a breath. Yeah. Uh, until then, I, I think that it's, <laughs> everybody cross your fingers, say your prayers, because this is, I mean, that's that's how this will work, is if they have, if they can officially establish this as a bubble. And, and I didn't realize the part which was revealed last night on Twitter because of the meal they were eating, but I didn't realize that they actually like quarantine them right when they get there and yep. then they stay somewhere for 36 hours and then they enter the like true bubble. Yep. So, I um, mean, they're, they are doing everything possible to make this work, I feel. And even some epidemiologists that have taken a look at this document of how they're going to do it have said that it might be overkill. Which is good to hear because there's just been so many things, especially in the United States, where you're just like, okay, we're not doing this right. Like, this isn't working. And everybody knows why it's not working. And you would just hate to, like, watch your professional league trying to get off the ground and look at it and say, I I know I'm just some random dude in Oklahoma City and I know why this isn't working. You know, it's it's good that I don't have to say that because I do think that they're giving themselves every chance to make it work yeah that 36 hours is crucial because guys may contract it between now and when they get there and if they get there and they have it then they get to be quarantined away from uh, those facilities and then once they're cleared they can go in I mean it's it's still very nerve-wracking to think about but it's it's really they're they're giving themselves the best chance for it to work and and scenarios like this are working there's a league in China that has been playing and it's holding. There's a league in Germany that's playing and it's holding. And so this can be done. This is a the largest number of players, but they're they're also they put a ton of time and thought and preparation into this. And I, I think that it's got got a chance as long as we can get everybody there and tested negative and then moved in. Because th- then I think, okay, let's let's do it. And we're I mean, what are we, 14 days away from from playing basketball? Wait, is that true? Yeah. Wait, 14 days? That's, what days that's when the scrimmages start. Oh, are those going to be uh, televised? I, I haven't heard. I, I would be, be floored if there was not some way you could watch them. I the the Thunder have done them even on Facebook. You remember that? they? I remember watching Patrick Patterson shooting threes on Facebook during like the blue and white scrimmage or something. And so I, I would guess that they will have these televised somehow. And I, and I would guess that the, the television crews would like some practice (laughs) in those facilities. 
know, this isn't just a, a normal, it's not a normal thing for anybody. And so it, it may be just a good, good way for everybody to kind of get used to the environment a little bit, including the guys that are running the cameras. So hopefully we'll be able to watch them. If not, basketball will be here pretty quick. But I know 14 days, it, it has felt like we have waited forever. And now we're two weeks away. I feel like these 14 days are going to be the toughest to get through because if, if last night on Twitter was any indication with just – were you on Twitter for the the revealing of the food? Of the food, yeah. Man, Twitter is just such a disaster when it comes to all this stuff. It's, That's going to be the next two weeks. I know, man. I know. So we mean, have something to actually talk about. The hyper-critical Twitter crowd is – maybe just going to destroy the NBA itself because it's just funny. I mean, any time a player tested positive, it was just, oh, okay, shut it down. What are we doing here, guys? In the NBA, before this all started, before they even tested anybody, they said, we expect guys to test positive. That's a part of this. That's why we're doing it the way we're doing it. It's because we know guys will test positive. We want to give them a chance to travel or give them a chance to opt out. And then we're going to get everybody in that doesn't have it. And that's, that was a part of the plan. And so if you're just throwing your hands up every time that, and that happens, that happens on Twitter every single time somebody tests positive, everybody throws their hands up. Why are we even doing this? What are we doing here? No, like this was a part of the plan. They knew this was going to happen. And so, yeah, I mean, if anything is discovered, in the bubble. I mean, just the, yeah, the food stuff. I mean, it, I just couldn't even comment on it <laughs> because it was just, okay, they're giving them food. We don't even know if that was the, all the food that he was given. It know? wasn't. It so, wasn't. He got a course. He got multiple courses. Yeah. The, and if you want to, if you really think that, that was disgusting, which, I mean, that was food that was packaged nice. It was all separated. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're trying. It doesn't look like the greatest meal in the world. But if you want to be grossed out, go look at what the WNBA players got in their bubble. Did you see that picture? No, I haven't. Now that is a picture worthy of some scorn. It was like a it was like a <laughs> beef with a zucchini and yellow squash type of meal. Yeah. But you know how like zucchini and squash, if you cook it too long, it just starts it like gets so soft and oh, it yeah. just starts melting. Oh, it yeah. looked like just melted zucchini and squash with some beef mixed in. It looked like sewage. It was bad. Oh, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, that looks like leftovers. It looks like a meal that may have once been good, possibly, but um, died like three days ago. And then you find yes. it in your fridge, and you're like, oh, okay, this is, I'm done with this. So, I mean, in comparison... Yeah, I would much rather have the uh, all the all the packaged stuff. I didn't think it looked bad <laughs> either. Just, okay, come on. What We're just now finding here? out we have like super low standards for food. We just <laughs> eating trash our whole lives. <laughs> yeah, what are these people eating that are complaining about it? <laughs> I don't know. I would love for all my food to be individually packaged. That'd be great. I feel so safe. That'd be great. That's how it is at the at the Children's Center Hospital. Like almost everything is packaged individually, so, oh, really? I mean, and it's great. It's wonderful, and it's great for the environment. Everyone yeah. knows. Yeah, come on, everybody, get off get off their backs about the food. Everybody's like, "Oh, this isn't enough food." I mean, they was it 
is it Malika Andrews that is in the bubble for ESPN? Um, oh, I mean, she's she said that they for every meal they bring her just way too much food. She says she stopped ordering dinner because they bring her way too much food throughout the day because they don't they don't say what would you like. They just they give, give you a ton of stuff. They just give you everything. They give you all the options, and that's why. I mean that so that people aren't touching it again, right? Which is smart and probably very expensive, but smart. Yeah, it is Malika Andrews that's inside the bubble. So she's, I I don't <laughs> I don't envy the reporters that are going out. I think they're sending 10 total uh, national reporters into the bubble and say it's like 500 and something dollars a day just to have them there. Uh, And I don't know, man, it's, it's going to be intense. Uh, Apparently it's just like hotel bus arena bus hotel. All just that's, that's it for three months. Honestly, sounds great. (laughs) You like that? (laughs) yeah yeah you left out the part where someone cleans their room every day yeah it's very nice they have apparently unlimited food now they don't get to choose it but this is true this is true and it's going to be in orlando so it's probably nice out you still go for a walk yeah and you get to be the only people in the world who are watching live nba basketball this is true this is a good call i think i would do it It'd be, it would be crazy. It would be. I would do it just for the experience itself to say that I was in the bubble. Uh, but there, the athletic is sending one person at a time, but I think two people total into the bubble. Oh, really? Oh, so, cool. So they're kind of swapping halfway through, as long as we get to the halfway through point of it. Hey, fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening. The sun is shining. And it's time to get Manscaped. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. That includes an essential lawnmower 3.0. That's waterproof, cordless, body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine i own the lawnmower 3.0 and it is a great product i think has a light on it for accurate grooming and it's just a just a really well made product it is great and inside the perfect package you'll find manscapes crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day long. So make sure you use that. And also make sure that you get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. They're good. I really, I've got some. 
uh, and I wear them and they're wonderful. So make sure that you get some too and go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC. Alex, two days ago, marked the anniversary of the trade, the Paul George trade to the Los Angeles Clippers. It happened in the middle of the night. I was in my bed. I was sleeping. I thought, I've got no worries. Thinking about Alec Burks and Mike Muscala and how much they're going to impact the Thunder this year. And then, boom, I get like five calls from Luke trying to wake me up. And I didn't answer because I'm like, what is Luke trying to call me about? And then after his call goes through, I look at my phone and I have all these alerts and all these texts about Paul George getting traded. And I was completely blindsided blindsided by it uh, but yeah that was a year ago today and I thought it would be a good time to take a look back at the trade itself and then kind of how we reacted in the time and then how we feel about it today so I'll go over just the terms of the deal if you guys forgot so it was Paul George only that's it for Shea Gilgis Alexander Danilo Gallinari an unprotected 2022 pick from the Clippers, an unprotected 2024 pick from the Clippers, an unprotected 2026 pick from the Clippers, and an unprotected 2021 pick from the Heat, a protected Heat pick in 2023, that's lottery protected, and then pick swaps with the Clippers in 2023 and 2025. It's a lot of things for Paul George, Alex. It was. And uh, I, we didn't even realize that in the moment because I went back and listened to our podcast. And at that point, wasn't it Woj broke it? I believe and, that's and, right. Yes. And his wording was like a record-setting number of picks, but it didn't actually give any details. Yeah, yeah, that it was, was something like that. Yes, a record set. Yes, that's that's how it was. That's how it was initially revealed. Uh, and so listening back, like we really didn't understand how many picks we get a lot of false <laughs> information out on that podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, listening back, I mean, the thing that struck me was how happy I already was, uh, at, <laughs> compared to at least like Jay and like kind of you. Oh, I bet Jay. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was just, I was probably upset too. And I was like audibly happy. I thought I was hiding it pretty well, but at, by that point I was so sick of that team. Yeah. Um, and it was really accumulation of like the previous two years. Mm-hmm. And then to cap it off with that blazers, <laughs> like that series was so bad. Like at least with the jazz series the year before we had that game five and that game five was yeah. like legitimately fun. Yep. And it was like, wow, this le- for at least 24 hours, you felt like this could be a turning point <laughs> for this team. <laughs> Something has changed with them fundamentally, and we're about to go on a run. And then, of course, we lose without Ricky Rubio playing. But that there, there was at least something memorable about that series from the Thunder's perspective. Whereas with the Blazers series, it was just all bad. It was bad. You know? Like, it was it was one of the worst um, examples of when Russ gets in his head too much and is trying to just like fight the other point guard instead of focusing on winning. And then a canter like outplaying Steven Adams was a huge deal. Yep. Paul George trying, but being like nowhere near where he was in January and February. 
it was just a really downer of a series, especially given our um, excitement going into it. And so but when I saw that, that tweet from Woj, it just felt like relief to me. Like, oh, this is so awesome. I'm not going to have to deal with this. Because we knew, and we even brought it up on the pod, even though it hadn't been reported yet, like, Wes, Wes, Russ, Russell Westbrook is gone. Like, he's gone. There's yeah. no way that he stays now yep. with Paul George leaving. Um, even though, in retrospect, now that we've seen what happened with this team, maybe we shouldn't have been saying that because this team might have been way better than that, that team. What do you mean? You know what I mean? With, like oh, the, with and, and with Shea and and, and Gallo. Gallo, yeah. I mean, I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's, it's it wouldn't possible. have been bad. I mean, we were talking about whether they would make the playoffs or not, and I, I, I mean, who knows? I mean, at the time, I had no clue how good Shea was. I mean, I I looked up his stats. I'd seen him play in the playoffs a couple of times. He had a good playoff game. That's great. Lots of guys have good playoff games. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're a great player. I I didn't know how good he was. I mean, if if that night on that podcast at two in the morning or whatever it was, if I would have said, "Dudes, I think that Shea's going to be a twenty point scorer next year," I think everybody would have just laughed at me, right? We'd have been like, "Wow, you were so smart, Andrew." <laughs> would have you would have easily made fun of me? There's just it. It doesn't. It still just feels odd how good he got so fast and he's a terrific rebounder he's a good defender he's got crazy length he learned to shoot off the dribble threes I mean I I would have never imagined that he would have been this guy and even you ask around like I was asking around the next day like what do you know about Shea to people around the league and they're like yeah he he's a he's a good complimentary player is what you just heard over and over again like he's never going to be a guy that's going to take a ton of shots. He's never going to be a high-volume guy. He's never going to be a guy that's going to average a ton of points. And uh, that seems to be wrong. I think they were all wrong about that. He's been he's been tremendous and honestly deserves more shot attempts and more opportunities with the basketball. And I think, you know, moving forward, he'll he'll certainly have that. But, I mean, let's say that if the trade was only if you – if you went back and you just said the trade for Paul George is SGA and Gallo and that's it. I think you'd even look at it today and say, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, that, that sounds kind of crazy to say, but in retrospect, yeah, that probably would have been fair. And then you throw in, I mean, you just forget that 2022, 24, 26, are all unprotected, completely unprotected from the Clippers. And the Clippers may be good then, but I think what Sam Pressy's bet was is that, hey, I think you guys can have a three- or four-year run with Paul George and Kawhi. And then I think it will be over. And then we'll have your, your draft selections in 2024. I mean, I would I'd honestly be a little bit shocked if the Clippers were still a great team in 2024. I think the 2022 pick, I think it will not be a great pick, but the 20, the potential of the 2024 and the 2026 pick is, is tremendous because I mean, Kawhi's health, the dude has been obviously dominant and 
one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league the past few years. But he has to sit out so much and can't play a full season and is always dealing with stuff. And he's, but he's using his time off in the right ways and he's demanding the right things of his team so that he can stay, be healthy for the playoffs. But that, that's concerning. Paul George hasn't really been healthy all season, has not really been himself all season. And that's a guy that they've tied themselves to. So I just, and the, are they going to pay Montrezl Harrell this summer? Lou Williams is is not a young guy. I mean, the, all their best players are, you know, they're, they're not going to be great for the next, you know, seven years. And so if we, I mean, the, at least I would say that 2026 pick, I would be shocked if they were a great team. And now they may shuffle these guys off and get new guys in and maybe if they win the title this year and win the title next year they establish the Clippers as like this great force in the NBA but still at the end of the day I I still believe that's a Lakers town and LA is Lakers only essentially and that it's it's going to be hard to make the Clippers that so you just look back and that trade just it looks ridiculous it doesn't even look real yeah, and I think one of the big lessons from the modern era of player empowerment and super teams is that these things always end sooner than we think they're going to end. Um, whether that's the Miami Heat or the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant, these things never just don't last long. And so, I mean, this this honestly, this season is probably the Clippers' one of their best chances to win the title. Um, because there's going to be so many issues with contracts coming up and with free agents and their players just getting older. Like they're kind of in their prime right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's crazy to think four years out what this Clippers team is. I have no idea. It'll be totally different. Yeah. It will be completely different. I don't know what the Thunder will look like. I mean, hopefully by that time, the Thunder will have other lottery picks on the team. And then it will be it will feel a lot like the Celtics have felt over the last few years. It's like this good team is getting a top five pick. Like what's going on here? You know, it it could be very similar to that where the thunder, their trajectory is, I mean, the year is 2020. Assuming that they start to tank in the next year or two, I mean, they will have, multiple lottery picks by the time you get to, especially by the time you get to 2026. And then you may have a chance to, to add another lottery pick to your team or use it as a trade chip, even to get a, get your last player on a, on a team. I mean, it's, you just look at it again. And at the time it was hard. It's really hard to see the vision. A lot of it is because it was two o'clock in the morning, but the vision is we're going to establish our team. We're going to push these picks out as far as we can so that we can potentially have massive value in these draft selections. Because like the, the, the heat pick in 2021 is likely not going to be a great pick because they've got a lot of young guys on their team that are getting better. Same, I mean, the, the, the heat's protected pick too that will probably convey. I would guess in 2023, just like I said, they've got young guys on their team that are getting better, but the Clippers are just an unknown. They've gone all in. I mean, they're all in 
and they don't really have any young guys on their team. And Harold may have to go somewhere else this summer, or not this summer, this fall. They have to go somewhere else just because I don't know if the Clippers are going to want to pay him. So it's really, it's the the trade is is just unbelievable looking back at it and thinking back on it. Yeah, and then to follow that up with the the Westbrook trade and yeah, getting all those picks as well. It's just been a it's been a magical year, Andrew. It has been. I mean, we 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 talk a, a lot about those the Rockets picks just because we think the Rockets could potentially fall apart. I mean, I think you see more signs of them potentially falling apart than the Clippers. But you know, most great teams, especially in the modern era, don't stay that way for very long. I mean, it's just it's too hard to hold it together year after year after year. Players get complacent, players want more, players want something different, and they move on. And I mean Kawhi, I mean Kawhi's been on three different teams in the last three years. And he's twenty nine years old. So I mean, next summer he'll be thirty years old. I mean, I I don't know that Kawhi's going to play till he's thirty, thirty five, thirty six years old. I don't even know if he's going to stay with the Clippers for all that, for that matter. You know. Yeah. So those those picks will will be tremendous. And I also, I mean, we talked about SGA, but I don't I don't think that we really gave the Thunder enough credit for getting Gallinari in the trade. And I don't think we understood how good he was or how good he could be because I think he's a guy that was just kind of seen as a injury risk and a guy that had been good but he's he was very good for the Thunder this year oh yeah I mean especially you and me like we only really thought of him as a trade asset until it became very clear that that wasn't happening yep Um, because it just seems so obvious at the beginning like oh well they're obviously going to be trading gallo yeah why would they keep gallo around he's a expiring Mm -hmm. come on and and he's good like come on we got to get something for him i mean we were convinced that like they were going to get a first round pick minimum and then the longer he's here you're just like well i guess he's pretty good (laughs) this team is pretty good well i and you have to wonder a little bit what was the trade the miami trade going to be because that was the oh, right. the yeah. rumored deal was that he was supposed to go. He and Andre Iguodala were supposed to go to Miami at the trade deadline. And I just wonder what that proposed deal was. I I think it could have been giving them. I've 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 heard it could have been giving back like the 2021 and 2023 picks, and then saying we'll take your 2024 and 2026 picks. Yeah. Which doesn't sound exciting at all, but then if you understand it, it could be very exciting. It could be very exciting. I would have been totally into that. But the the issue with them was always they just didn't want to tie up the cap space for next summer. Mm -hmm. So they, they just wanted Gallo to come help them this season, which that's a lot to give up. It's a lot to give up for one season. And that may have been why they couldn't come to terms is that they may, the Thunder may have been pressing for both picks to be pushed back, Yeah, which I, which I don't blame them. But also 2021 draft is supposed to be very good. And if you can, if the Thunder do end up tanking, if they do find a landing spot for Chris Paul after the bubble, if they find a landing spot for a guy like Dennis Schroeder or somebody like that, 
you get your own pick and you get the Heat's pick, which may be in the 20s. But the Thunder got Serge Ibaka in the 20s. They also got Mitch Bagheri in the 20s, so you don't know which one you're going to get. But it's supposed to be a really good draft. It's supposed to be a deep draft. So to to have another pick where you could kind of swing for the fences on a prospect in the 20s as well, I think is exciting. Yeah, I mean, this upcoming draft, I am, I am ready to go all in with it. Um, just because there's so many guys like, I mean, they've already had two guys reclassify just so they could get into it. Yeah. Like two, two lottery picks. Yep. So, and, and like that in of itself has made me rethink the D'Angelo Russell deal. Cause you know, originally I was like, you know, maybe they're, they'll be good enough to get like the 10th pick. Like that's still a bad team. Yeah. But like the, the Timberwolves might be capable next year of getting the 10th pick. But now I look at it and it's like, wow, the 10th pick could be worth a ton next year yeah the way the way they're talking about these guys yep. and i know we say that every year but i i don't feel like people were saying that this year um you know there were a few guys that people had their eyes on but there was no zion um and next year it just feels like a very strong draft i don't know if there's a zion type player um where everyone just instantly knows like this is going to be the number one pick no matter what yeah Supposed but, to be Cade Cunningham. Right. But there's there's a just it's I mean, it goes like eight to ten deep. Yeah. With yeah. these guys. And those are the guys that they feel like super confident in. And we always know that there's other guys that come up and make a name for themselves during the year. Yeah. I just hope we have a season because then I don't know what they do. I know. I know. I'm at this point. I've said this. I'm, I'm more worried about next season than I am the bubble at this point. Oh yeah, for sure. I, cause it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel I have very low confidence in next season right now. Yeah, um, I, do, I do too. But especially when you think about going into the winter months. Yeah. Oh, with know. this virus, it's just yeah. I know, man. It's it it is the unknown is scary. <laughs> it truly is, and it's because we what we have the information that we do have just feel it's like it's not good guys it's not good but we also just don't know how how things are going to develop and how things might change in between now and then uh so it's just hard it's too hard to project it's too hard to project i mean i can't even project like two weeks out to the start of the scrimmages for the for the thunder so probably need to steer clear of uh try to project next season for okc yeah i I know it's bad when i'm getting like nostalgic for the weeks we were doing the trivia show like that feels so long ago i know in my head it's like wow things were so much better then (laughs) (laughs) even though it was terrible back then yeah somehow it feels more terrible now it does it really it does everything feels just a, a a little bit worse now and I, I know things have been getting worse as far as the virus and, and things like that but it just it does and that's Feels... why i get like so jaded about like dumb twitter jokes so i'm like so on edge now <laughs> like i see anything that i even moderately don't like and i, <laughs> I lash out i know it's 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 just a tough time and i do think if the nba does return and this can be successful i think it will help a lot and I know people kind of roll their eyes at needing a distraction and things like that, but I do think that it will help society 
you know, as a whole, uh, at least the people that, that like the NBA and like sports, I think it will be a welcome distraction from all I mean, of honestly, this. it'll just take us away, like, for a few minutes or hours a day yeah. from just uh, being miserable online. Yeah, everything is that, just that's so what heavy. Most yeah. of my day is. Yeah. Like, I, July 4th, I got to say, I had a great July 4th. <laughs> And I didn't realize it until the morning after, but I didn't check Twitter at all on July 4th. Mm-hmm. And July 5th, I wake up, and one of the first things I did was check Twitter. And it was like almost instantly put me back in that headspace. Yeah. I was like, oh, why do I do this to myself? Because a part of you like wants to stay informed. Like I want to yes. be informed on what's going on. And especially for COVID, like I feel like Twitter is one of the best places because now yeah. I'm following like all these epidemiologists yeah. who are sharing like really good information that has been very helpful for me. But on the flip side, like everything on there is miserable and terrible. Yeah. And so it's uh, it's definitely bad for my mental health. <laughs> it is. Twitter is like a depression app. <laughs> that I've that I've willingly downloaded on my phone and check multiple times per day. It's the anti calm app. Yeah. Yeah, it's the opposite of headspace. <laughs> if you were to guess on average how many days people in the US have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major US cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want to treat that ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get your treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime that you have questions or you just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you struggle with ED, go to getroman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. We hadn't touched on the players. The Really, the, the three players that have the biggest impact that are not going to Orlando are Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, and Spencer Dinwiddie. All in the Eastern Conference. Really, the the real only player of real consequence is Victor Oladipo, who says he's healthy, but doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to either get re-injured or... And, and I get it. it it's This is just a, a tough situation. But he was playing when all of this ended. And then to not be playing, it just feels weird. He has, he has a contract situation coming up. Uh, he's in a contract year next season, as long as next season happens, like we talked about. He's got to play well. And so I don't, I don't blame him. I mean, if he got another injury on top of this in the bubble, it would be very bad. And the dude is going to be playing for a massive contract, so I get it. And then Beal was a, a little bit surprising. And then some... And I'm going to talk to Fred Katz later about this, but I didn't know he had anything wrong with his shoulder that had not been reported to my knowledge. And then all of a sudden he's got a shoulder injury and he's done. But uh, 
Yeah, and then Spencer Dinwiddie, who has been chronicling his uh, everything that he's been going through with COVID over the past week or so, uh, which has been kind of cool to watch on Twitter, uh, revealed himself that he wasn't going to go out of abundance of caution, which is good. I mean, don't don't go. I mean, if you if you've had it and you're still showing symptoms, don't go, don't go, because one, they may not even let you in after the quarantine but also if you have symptoms i mean i i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't go i wouldn't try to to push yourself physically so much right after you've had it if you did show symptoms so i think it's i think it's good now the eastern conference took a huge hit for these eight games because they're, they're dude there may end up being a playing tournament with the nets oh with, even with the wizards like the wizards if the wizards win a couple games somehow yeah, I mean, Orlando is all of a sudden looking like a really strong <laughs> team at the bottom there just because we haven't heard anything negative about them. Right. Yeah. The net. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, the thing that's brought up for me is at the beginning of this when people were suggesting, oh, we should do reseeding just one through 16 with all the teams. Yeah. I was sort of against it because I was like, it's already going to be weird. Like, do we have to make this even more weirder Mm -hmm. and, you know, further delegitimize this? But now, looking at all these guys, I mean, Brad Beal, Victor Oladipo, I mean, these are huge names. Mm -hmm. Them dropping out, it's like, well, I really don't want to watch those teams. Mm -hmm. I would much rather watch any of the Western Conference teams that are on the bubble, except the Spurs. Um, But, like, the Kings or the Pelicans, any of them, Blazers, great. I would rather see all of those teams in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Same here. It's there. There is a a line of delineation between the the East and the West. Still, I mean, it's still there. There's some good teams at the top of the East, but there's still just so many bad teams. And this is where you just wish they would have just said, "We're just going to take the top 16 teams, and that's it. That's it. That's all we need." But this, I mean, if you want to point to the true money grab of all of this is that they chose 22 teams. I mean, that yeah. that is the money grab. I think that they really, the NBA truly did want to crown a champion. They truly did want to have a playoff. They truly did want to provide entertainment for their fans. I think those are all things are true. They also wanted money, which is probably the biggest part of it. But when you choose 22 teams over 16, that truly says... That money, how important that money is. And I get it. It's not that money isn't important. I think that there's a lot of people that push back on the money and, and act like it's not important. It's very important. We all know how important it is. I mean, during these times, it's like making money is very, very important. And so I get it. But I think the safest thing would have obviously been just to send the 16 teams and just do these three scrimmages and then jump into the playoffs. And I wish I wish they had done that, especially now that you have these depleted teams like the Wizards and the Nets that are just, I mean, you're just going to be able to mow over them. And the Thunder get to play the, the Wizards in these eight games, which is a good thing for them. It's it's on one of, they have, every team has a back-to-back and it's, the Thunder's back-to-back happens to be, include the Wizards and the Suns. So it's about the best back-to-back that you could get and it just got better with Bradley Beal sitting out. Mm, but that's the morning game. You don't know about morning wizards. <laughs> that's they, true. They, they could be a different team. <laughs> squad. Ish Smith. 
one great guy uh fred katz and i had the opportunity to interview him a couple weeks ago and he was the man but uh there's gonna be a lot of shots coming from <laughs> ish smith in the next few weeks i mean who's Fred asked this question on Twitter. Who is the best player on the Wizards now? Uh, yeah, because Davis is out. Davis is as out. Well, don't forget Davis. No Beal. No John Wall. Um. So I'm looking at their <laughs> Thomas Bryant. <laughs> oh man, that feels I mean, sad. He's their best uh, fantasy player. Yeah, that's probably true. Yep, that's it. Yeah. That's a terrible team. They should not be there. Rui? Rui, yeah. Rui averaged 13 points a game. That's the thing. But yeah, this is bad. Did you see, um, I think it was on the ringer, they did odds for the individual seating? No, I haven't seen this. Um, Let me bring it up real quick. So they basically broke it. They were originally doing it to see, you know, who do we think has the best chance of making like the seventh and eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they also did it just for the regular seeds. Um, and I am talking to try to find it, <laughs> but I cannot find it. But anyways, it was just interesting because basically the Thunder have like a, I think it's like a 17% chance to get up to the four seed. Okay. And yeah. they kind of have equal chances to be in the fifth, sixth, or seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those are somewhere around like the 24 to 28% chance. Yeah. And then they have like an 8% chance to get up to the three seed. And I think they had a 1% chance to get to the two seed. <laughs> Can you imagine? The, and the only thing I, I disliked was that the Rockets, who are one seed below us mm-hmm. currently – had like a 1% better chance for every single one of those, mm-hmm. which I did not like. I'm sure there's a math reason. I'm sure it makes sense. But we're ahead of them now, and I would just really like it to stay that way. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I would too. I think a lot of people are counting on the Rockets just being much better after this, after all of this. Yeah. Which is just funny because I think with every other team in the league, especially even the Thunder, like what are we – what do we really know about these guys? What do we really know about what they're going to do? And that's those are like the questions <laughs> that are asked. And it's like, oh, the Rockets are clearly just going to be much better than they were. I think they lost four in a row heading into the shutdown. Okay, I found it. So they're, the Thunder's best chance is to land a six seed, which is 29%. Then 26% chance at the five seed, 21% at the seven seed, 17% at the four seed. Huh. Which so, uh six seed you'd play the Nuggets, most likely. Yeah. How would you feel and about then, that? I for some reason I'm feeling stronger about that. For no real good reason. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. It's because Zach Lowe and uh, Kevin Pelt that's what they didn't <laughs> think they were contenders. That's why. <laughs> Subliminal Zach Lowe in the back of your head. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Uh yeah, and the Nuggets have a fifty six percent chance to keep the three seed. Yeah. I think that is is likely. The Thunder and the Nuggets play each other on August 3rd. They do. And then the Jazz is the interesting one because 
you know, they're just basing this on obviously the, the current team and their strength of schedule. I don't think it takes into effect that Bogdanovich isn't going to be there. I don't think it takes into account that clearly something went on with Gobert and Mitchell. And like, I don't even, I don't even know if you can say they're saying all the right things because everything they're saying suggests that, Oh, this really was a real thing. Yeah. Like they're, they don't seem to be downplaying it. In no, any way. no. I mean, they're, <laughs> it's kind of funny because some people are taking it as good news for the jazz. It's like, well, we'll tolerate each other. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they have they have a twenty percent chance at the three seed and a thirty three percent chance at the four seed. Huh. If there's going to be a team that just falls flat in Orlando, I would pick the Jazz. There's yeah. just a lot of red flags with both the injuries and just the the chemistry. Yeah, there's a lot of weirdness there, and is I I think for Rudy Gobert, this is going to be like mentally very difficult to do after kind of being the face of COVID for the NBA to come into this environment and to play and to play well, I think it would be really hard. I can't, I'm, I can't imagine how it would feel to be him during all of this and then heading into this tournament and playing. I, I don't know. I think it would be very, very mentally difficult. And then you have the strain with Donovan Mitchell. It's just, that would just be a lot it's a lot for one person to handle mentally, I feel. Yeah. And then, so I, I'm not high on them. Yeah. Um, I think we're, we're all happy with the Los Angeles teams. We all think they're going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I, But I'm very interested in the bottom of the West because the Thunder Rockets and Mavericks, I think, are all really good teams. Yeah. And any one of those teams could get hot at the mm-hmm. right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I asked... Uh, Royce and Brett on the dream team, who their dark horse was in the West outside of the LA teams. If you were to pick one team that's going to get to the Western conference finals or the NBA finals, that's not an LA team. Who would it be? And I would still say the Rockets. I might've said the Mavs if they were completely healthy Yeah, and we're feeling good about them health wise. Cause I do think when you, when you have someone like Doncic, you can just kind of like throw everything else out. Sure. Um, Trying to think, what about the rest of the West? I know. You're not a big <laughs> MKG guy? You don't believe in MKG in, in Dallas? Uh, I completely forgot about that until you said it. Isn't that weird? That is weird. <laughs> I mean, I'm really interested to see the Pelicans. Yeah. I mean, if the Pelicans make it, I mean, I don't think they're beating the, the Lakers, but... But how miserable would that be for the Lakers to have to play the Pelicans? Because the Pelicans, team. yeah, like they have some legitimate veterans on their team they're not just the young upstarts like the grizzlies are like they have jj reddick they have Derek favors they have some like long time nba players so i I don't think they're going to be an easy out regardless of who they play yeah yeah i i totally agree with that that's that's who i would kind of prefer to to make the eighth seed out of all these teams is the pelicans and I, I believe less in the Blazers because they have no wings, just none. And they're guards and bigs, and that's it. And so I, I don't know how much I believe in them even, even getting in or even getting to the playing game. But you look at the Pelicans roster and you're like, oh, boy. It's actually a really nice team. And if they're 
healthy, uh, you know, they, they could legitimately get there. And then that's a tough, tough out. But if you're picking, you know, three through seven, I, I feel like the Nuggets, and this may just be Zach Lowe's doing, just get a ton of disrespect right now. They just get all the disrespect that there is. And they and it Good. may end up being them. Prove that, it, Andrew. That they're that they're getting disrespected? No, they need to prove it. Oh, and okay. also you need to prove it. <laughs> I feel like the Thunder almost get more respect than they do in they the do. national media. Which so we have lower expectations overall. Yeah. So people are able to see our upside much more easily. Yeah. Whereas the Nuggets and who, by the way, are still super young. Very young, still. Yes. But they feel much more established. And I think everyone agrees that they're not on the level of the Lakers and the Clippers. And so, but when you have a, when you hold a higher status in people's minds, they're going to just, you know, tear you down when you're not at that level. Whereas the Thunder, no one's expecting us to, like, really do anything. So they're just, it's just kind of fun to talk about us. Yeah. But like you look at the names on the Thunder, Chris Paul, Shea, Schroeder, Gallo, Adams. It's a great lineup. That's good. Yeah. They're good. And they've been put and they've played so well together, which has been a, a huge deal. And on these calls that the Thunder have done, pretty much nobody on the team has said that they considered not going. That they've just been all in since the beginning. Which one, I think, has a lot to do with the president of the Players Association being on your team, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. And whether that's you don't want to let him down or or feel like you're against him, or maybe they just have more information than anybody has throughout this whole process, just because he talks to all of them. So I think it's it could go either way. Uh, but... It's it's a good thing. This team seems to be together. They all want to play, and they all have tested negative for COVID, which is all. Those are all very very good signs for the Thunder heading into this. So, uh, it all remains positive, at, at least through Wednesday, July eighth at nine thirty eight a.m. <laughs> that's that's the timestamp of things that are that are going well for the Thunder. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show. We'll follow you on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.